Hello, everyone. Welcome to Soul LGBTQ Plus Multicultural Support Network podcast, Between Identities, Cutie BIPOC Talks. We're back with season three, episode two. Today, we're talking about Black Queer History Week with a special guest, Destiny Franklin, a local artist, leadership liaison for the Lonnie B. Harris Black Cultural Center, and the creator of Black Queer History Week. Offering a land acknowledgement here is a way to constantly acknowledge that we are an occupied Indigenous land. We begin this effort to acknowledge what has been buried by honoring the truth. We are on the ancestral lands of the Mary's River and the Ampinifu Band of the Kalapuya. Following the Willamette Treaty of 1855, Kalapuya people were forcibly removed to reservations in Western Oregon. Today, living descendants of these people are part of the Confederated Tribes of the Grand Ronde Community of Oregon and the Confederate Tribes of the Siletz Indians. We pay respects to their elders past and present. Okay. I'm now going to begin with the Black Ancestry Acknowledgement that was created by OSU faculty and staff. We are the descendants of royalty. Our people were educators, scholars, currency keepers, scientists, hunters, astrologists, architects, and horticulturalists. We are not descendants of slaves. Instead, we are descendants of people who were stolen and enslaved. May their strength, courage, wisdom, and bravery guide us as we embark on this journey of revolution and reform together. Thank you, Destiny. Um, before we get started, we just wanted to do our intros. So I'm Kai, I'm the communications representative for Seoul LGBTQ plus multicultural network and the Pride Center. I'm Julian, I use any and all pronouns. Uh, I'm also the community relations representative for Seoul LGBTQ plus multicultural center and Pride Center. Uh, my name is Alex. I use he, him, and they, them pronouns, and I am a community relations representative for Soul LGBTQ Plus Multicultural Support. I am Destiny. My pronouns are she, they. I'm a leadership liaison for the Lonnie B. Harris Black Cultural Center, and I'm also a BIPOC outreach um, assistant for counseling and psychological services. Amazing. Awesome. So um, we just kind of like to start on like a kind of just an entertainment note. So what is something that's so straight that it's gay? <laughs> so who wants to start here? I started with high fives. <laughs> Explain think, your logic. Okay, I think it's like high fives are so like, the what's the point? You know what I mean? They're so heavy. So like, they're so like straight that it's gay. It's like, oh yeah, you did something cool and you just... You, you just, just touch your homie like that? Yeah, you just like, why are you, like, why are you as two men touching hands? <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, um, I get what you mean. It kind of gives me like um, Top Gun vibe, like the volleyball scene. True. I can understand that. Like, Fellas, is it gay to have a, have an accomplishment? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, gay gay to, succeed. it's gay to high five. It is. And then the, the next one, I don't. I don't remember writing homophobia. I think I, yeah. think I wrote homophobia. <laughs> that sounds like something you do. I think I wrote homophobia because uh, like. Why do you care so much that like two people are kissing or like loving each other? Oh, it seems a little fruity to be that invested. Yeah. 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 You're attracted to hating people? <laughs> attracted to each other? That's kind of weird. Like you hate someone so much yeah. because they like love each other? Like yeah. that's weird. Sounds like you love them. That's just gay. Yeah. And then you put overalls. I put overalls again because last episode we put overalls and I think it's funny. And we just roasted. <laughs> roasted kind of oblivion. Um, I put cowboys and pirates also. Um, that doesn't even need an explanation. Yeah, that doesn't. Next I think for anybody point. that understands it. Um, I also said the Nintendo Switch um i don't know but like i don't know animal crossing just like kind of has a grip on the queer community true um and then on top of that just owning a switch like i've seen some really interesting looking nintendo switches um also the word switch which i've gives <laughs> <laughs> it a different definition but... it's true as an incredibly fruity <laughs> nintendo console <laughs> love that um, um destiny do you have any <laughs> I thought of so many, but my mind was just like John, uh, honestly, a blank. Like, there's so many things that I could say, but I'm like, you know, I don't feel like having beef. But one of them that <laughs> always comes to mind is wrestling as a sport. But, true. Yeah. Yeah. true. I feel like it full circles like twice. So it's like, you know, like <laughs> inherently it's like straight men play this. And then it's like, okay, but then that's kind of like, you know, and then it's like, okay, but they they claim that it's not a, a sex thing or a gay thing, and it's like, it isn't. It's a sport, but then it's like, you, like, achieving something. We go back to the high five theory, where <laughs> yeah. it's, like, succeeding and, like, do, like, like doing well in something with True. other men is also, like, True. really... But there's, like, there's two levels to it, right? So it's, like, 
regular like olympic wrestling right is so straight that it loops back around to being gay okay but then like also wwe wrestling oh, yeah. oh my gosh also yeah i was talking about this i don't i don't think it even loops i think it, it, <laughs> it just I think starts people, off yeah yeah i think straight people just haven't <laughs> discovered that that is that is like an inherently gay thing that's true like a lot we, of spandex yeah a lot of glitter a lot of performance a lot of performance oh, like theater I, kids for real <laughs> oh god and we saw the bad bunny um like wwe collaboration recently and oh my gosh it's like so good and i kind of i kind of love it like wrestling now i haven't watched anything else but it made me be like okay i need to find other like celebrity appearances so i can like i don't know watch this because it's kind of entertaining i'm not gonna lie um wwe is iconic yeah true if you want like a super gay professional wrestling story mm-hmm. i highly recommend like going on youtube and looking up the saga of the golden lovers oh. of course you would know that <laughs> of course you would know of course like that. No, okay so i won't i won't spoil the emotional impact japan has a huge pro wrestling scene um there are two wrestlers in japan who are who were marketed originally as the golden brothers but they referred they preferred to call themselves the golden lovers um, okay. And so it's like the best wrestler in New Japan. Um, and then this Canadian wrestler who was like so inspired by seeing him perform that he came to Japan and they, they made like a tag team partnership. Mm. Um, <laughs> they're rad. It's <laughs> highly recommend going on YouTube and falling down like the four hour rabbit hole of oh watching the Golden Lover video. <laughs> it's amazing. There's so much lore. <laughs> there is. There's like a decade's worth of of matches and lore to go over um this is the most recent edition um but carabiners yeah carabiners um inherently bisexual i think okay like among the ranks of Baja Blast, i have one on right now though <laughs> my wife took mine so. <laughs> i have one on my backpack it yeah. has my um my diaper pin when i was like one years old on it which i think is pretty cute That's that is so right. sick yeah <laughs> I'm surprised I even own that still. It has like a little teddy bear on it. It's adorable. Uh, That's so cute. All right. So, yeah, let's go into Destiny, our guest of the day and uh, icon of Black Queer History (laughs) Week and also just Black History Month and also just kind of like life. Um, Do you want to introduce yourself, kind of your role at the BCC, um, or even if you want to get right into how you started Black Queer History Week? Yeah. um, So, my role right now at the BCC is as a leadership liaison. So I'm pretty much, I'm not going to say like an assistant to my boss, but if there was like a food chain, I would be like like the third ranking, I'd say. Um, mm. But I think that's something that I've always been like is, but anybody else is still like my equal. Like there is right, no right. superiority or anything like that. Um, right. And so I actually worked at Seoul as a leadership liaison the previous year. And then before that, when I first came into BCE, I was a comrade. Um, and so me being a comrade is where Black Core History Week kind of came into fruition. Um, it was kind of me just daring to make space for the Black Core community during months where I kind of saw that there was no representation for us. Um, right. Black History Month on campus never had events for queer folks. Um, and Queer History Month or Pride Month never had anything uh, really for Black people on campus. Um, and so I just saw a need for it. And I finally was starting to make Black queer friends. And they right. were telling me their experiences. And I was like, oh, you know, we have to do something. You know, yeah. something needs to be done. Yeah. So from there, I just kind of picked a week out of <laughs> Black History Month. I didn't even consult with the BCC. I was just like, this is the, <laughs> month, this, like, this is the week of the month that I would like. And this right. is what we're going to do. Um, so I planned a movie night um, and the documentary was on Check It. And I just really appreciate that film so much because it's so like real to Black queer culture. And it's really like, hey, we're getting bullied. And so we had to make, uh, people will call it a gang, but we had to make this community to defend ourselves from these homophobic Black people. That was um, in, um, Check It was in Washington or? Yes. Oh, that was in DC. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, and so I just was like, People need to see this. Like they need to see the effects of their ignorance and homophobia and bullying and what it causes people to have to do to survive. Um, So we had that as a showing. We had an educational event um, that was examining and exploring Black queer um, 
history of through social activism where we made posters with the BCC stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. Uh, I had like a genderbred person so that um, people could start to understand why pronouns are important. Um, right. I also just had explanations of terms for sexuality. I feel like um, I have I have a certain patience because it's my community. And mm. I understand that most things are rooted in ignorance and fear to ask questions because of right. fear of coming off offensive, right? right? So I'm like, we need to have the educational piece where they do understand. So it's like, now if you do something, you know, now I can, I can feel some type of way, but before you don't have any education, we don't have the same education. I don't know your background and you don't know mine, right? right. So we have to come in from a, a place of care and love and help people understand that aspect. Um, so that happened. And then Kai Davis came through to the BCC mm-hmm. and that was a great event. And so that was the conclusion of the first week. And I'm not going to lie, you know, the numbers were not what I expected. I was like, I really? know that gays are out there. Like, why are they <laughs> yeah. just coming? Yeah. I, was why don't sick. They come? I was sick. Yeah, for real. I was sickened. Um, but Cindy was like super encouraging and just like, you know, the staff was also super encouraging and I appreciated them coming to each of the events. Um, so year two was different, right? Because now we're all over Zoom. And I yeah. just came off of this first year where the numbers weren't what I wanted. I'm just like, oh, you know, <laughs> what can I do? <laughs> um, but we learned from our friends over at the Mana Inhas, um, And they were really big on streaming events to their Facebook. And I was like, okay, I know that one of our social media platforms that's really popping is Facebook. So we decided to do that. Um, so that year, the Soul team and I, we just planned powerful events that were Reconnecting to Roots Part 2 was Reclaiming Fuji Park Spirituality. Um, we had a pastor that identifies as trans mass come and speak. We also had a Black queer pastor come and speak and just allow people to that grew up Christian or whatever just kind of have that affirmation and did not in any means be like, oh, you should become Christian again. It was just like, this is your lived experience. We acknowledge right. that and we want you to know you went through similar things. So right. it was just a really good event. Um, and then we have the history of mutual aid boosts and crowdfunding in the Black queer community. That was uh-huh. really big at the time. We started seeing people making crowdfunding posts. Um, yeah, we saw yeah. each other boosting, boosting posts and things like that. So I just really wanted to touch back into the history. And um, yeah, and honestly, all of those events are still on our Facebook today for people to be able to look at. So yeah, go check those that, out if you guys have yeah, podcasts. You guys. That's the, definitely like the, the foundation of what we're doing here, um, especially yeah. for this one. Yeah, so we had that. And then we also had a reconnecting to Roots Part 2. Forgot mm-hmm. to mention that. So normally the week has about three events. That's kind of what we're aiming for um, for our week. Nothing too overwhelming. We want people to be able to come out. So, yeah, so this year I went on head, passed the torch on down to Julian and the rest of the soul staff. And I just hope that, Whoever comes after us can continue to put that energy in um, and just not let this week be lost and just place in the archives. And yeah, I just want to keep it alive. So, no, for real. I also, so we were having some issues with um, kind of logistics and like who can do what for the Black Queer History Week. And we were also throwing a lot of the BCC schedule too. I remember, remember that um, we were talking about okay, what days are the BCC doing things and what, what, what days can Seoul do things for Black Queer History Week? Um, but we landed on um, the 21st through the 27th. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, it was the week before, right? It was the, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think, I was thinking, I was going to propose this question. Do you think a static Black Queer History Week is more impactful or one that people... Uh, don't really have to prepare for is more impactful if that makes sense because because if it's like if you if it changes every time I could see how that Mm -hmm. could be troubling for um I don't know people that are not organizing but for organizers they can work it around their schedule because they're the ones yeah yeah yeah. um I think Um... changing one I liked a lot more um Mm -hmm. I think if we tried to make it static um it wouldn't have worked around a lot more people's schedules than like this next this coming week um, yeah. where it seems like it will. Um, but mm-hmm. I want to hear what you think. Yeah, no, I think that that was Cindy uh, just blocks it off 
so that the entire DCE knows like a year in advance, like this week is dedicated to that. Right. Um, but I do think that stuff happens, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I definitely also don't see a problem with it being flexible depending on the year, depending on what's going on that month. I think this year was just so freaking jam packed and not even just like the DCC honestly is even doing crazy events. Like we had our black excellence and we collaborated with some other people but it's like we have so many clubs, rightfully so, that are active and doing things. And we're all trying to be so many places at once. Um, mm. It just, you know, we just have this one month and everything just gets thrown into one month. Yeah. Um, and so it's day. it's overwhelming. It is super overwhelming. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm, I'm so drained. But this no, week is real. a week that gives me life um, and I get excited. So honestly, I, I don't care. <laughs> what, what week it is as long as it happens that's all that really matters to me honestly i like that important yeah me and destiny worked together um last year and i remember like when i heard about black queer history week i thought that was super dope but i didn't realize that destiny like started that until i watched the aya episode um, <laughs> because like we had to watch that like part as part of like training or something like that mm. what um, it was it was something Sorry. that like, I watched it. <laughs> it was something like that. Like I had to watch it like when I didn't even know any of the staff. And then um I like watched it and I was like, holy shit, that's so cool. Like I like work with this person. <laughs> um but yeah, I was uh kind of involved with some of the events from last year and with with like Adicelli and Brie yeah. um and Maria and it was just really cool. Just like what you do is amazing and I'm so happy that like people love being involved especially soul and you're just doing a great job you yes we had some like even i'm not gonna so my everybody knows about me my laptop is jank it is so old i need to let her go but i can't (laughs) Um, my zoom literally froze and I feel like it was our mutual aid boost um, event. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Araceli just came through. Everybody held it down. Mm. It, it was great. You, like, of course, it's like, you know, where'd they go? But, like, it wasn't that obvious. <laughs> like, right, right, right. It, was, it was a smooth handoff. It was a smooth handoff. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a collective effort. It's so collective. And I think that having a team to support you and do those things through it is so important, like, it's not, you know, the only people who get the praise shouldn't just be the face of it. Like, I appreciate you, Kyle. Like, I appreciate everyone that just helped me um, be successful in that. I'm just so proud of you. Um, and I'm so proud <laughs> of how far it's come. Like, it's so great to see it um, be a thing again. But with that being said, we do have some questions for you if you have the time. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first question I have for you is, what is it like starting something like this on your own in a predominantly non-Black space? <sighs> it was hard, y'all. <laughs> it was hard. I feel like something that's so big on this campus that we don't really talk about a lot is how we try to group all of us into one thing. Like, even my job at CAPS, it's like, BIPOC, BIPOC, BIPOC. And like, yes, we are a community and we should be seen as having unity, but we're just so different at the same time. And we can acknowledge and appreciate those differences, but oftentimes things will start as something that's Black and then it just gets grouped into everyone or it starts as something that's for one community and get groups into everyone. It's like, we can have separate things, you know? Yeah. yeah. Be separate and still kiki and have fun. So (laughs) it was hard getting um, folks to kind of understand that. It was very hard um, to kind of get the support of the DCC at first, but it's, it's just, I know that it was from a place of just, uncertainty Mm. and discomfort this is something Mm -hmm. that they've probably never had to deal with they've probably never had to deal with someone like run up in this and like hey we finna gay it up in here like not for real bring the flags out yeah yeah yeah. enough of this you know what i'm saying and so when someone comes to you with that energy you're like oh okay (laughs) but i did what i had to do i did what i had to do and i'm I'm going to continue so It Yeah, that was it. I distinctively remember um, being in the event, Reconnected to Roots, where I talked about me having that patience. But I had other white um, co-workers from the Pride Center that came through 
and um, they were just being like corrective to people when they ask questions, mm. um, probably because of their own personal triggers that they did, they couldn't understand like why they would even ask a question like that. Like they didn't have the patience and the same care and love as I did for my community. Right. So at a point in time, I was like, you know, this is supposed to be a safe space yeah. for mm-hmm. Black people to learn about Black Queer History Week. And so when you have someone that is um, not understanding that everybody has different levels of knowledge, um, right. that was kind of of annoyance. But yeah, I think that's, that through... We- we talked about yeah. this too like um exposure is like a big thing and it's like so like in the black community we're not fully exposed to like queerness i'd say mm-hmm. yeah um, just especially in like like for example like like destiny we're from like the same neighborhood right in chicago mm-hmm. and like we never had pride parades down there we'd have to go we'd have to go so um there's like boys town in chicago and that's like the queer part of town and you have to like that's like a train but mm-hmm. we couldn't do something like a pride walk or like a anything like that or at least that wasn't something that was that happened ever when i was living there i um, agree but that that definitely has a lot to do with exposure and then um like normalization um yeah. i think once we once we make it just in common spaces as queer people and just kind yeah. of be like yeah like yeah i'm going to go out with my boyfriend tonight like i'm just going to get drinks or something like that um, then people, then people, yeah, exactly. Then people like ask, like, "Oh, like you're gay?" And then you're just like, "Yeah, I mean, like, like I don't you're know. straight." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's new? Um, What's new? Let's get into yeah. <laughs> like, like we we don't have to go about uh, coming out or being in community in the same way as like the white queer community um, mm-hmm. because like it shouldn't have to be the same thing. Um, but that's what's so crazy is they know. Like yeah. many black mothers and grandmothers who are around their children, they know their children. Oh, for real! I know. And my, they'll say, I "Baby, I knew you were special." Mom, yeah, but I already know she. <laughs> I'm not you know what I'm saying? Special. 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 Ty and Kiana and Ren. Mm. This is my first year working um, for So, and we're going on this DCE trip, and we're going to go to the, the waterfall. Yeah. And I'm talking to them, and I'm like, I don't know, like, I think I'm bi. I've never done anything with a guy, but, like, I just know that I love women. Like, I mm. love women, but I just do not know how I feel, and I just feel like I need to experiment. Like, mm. I just need to do it one more one time, and, like, then I'll know. Mm. And they're like... <laughs> You know, you don't have to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, that's just like what I've been taught. Like every time I would say that, like, oh, I'm a lesbian, it would be like, but you haven't even tried it. Like, how yeah. do you know you don't like it if you never yeah, had it? Yeah, yeah. Right? Like alternate. No, you're right. You're totally right about that. So it's like now I'm sticking with that mindset, and I've internalized that, and now I'm doing damage and harm to myself by invalidating mm-hmm. my own. I know who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, did that horrible experience right Uh-oh. and yeah. i come to the point now where i'm like girl you already knew who you was you know you yeah, 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 yeah but but i did at the same time i had to have that experience so that i could tell others the same way that they told me like you don't have to do it like yeah. you know who you are you don't have to quote unquote experiment i mean you can exactly. if you want to but you know it, yeah. it's, you don't have to it's yeah. just my main point um and i think that um another big thing about welcoming people in to your sexuality and your personal life is like so big and I I draw back to growing up right Mm. and being around black lesbians not knowing they were at the time but they're like oh this my best friend just call her your auntie yeah they're living together they're quite literally in a partnership yeah yeah yeah, Um, yeah. but they couldn't even be open about it back then and so Mm. I just think that I think that's that goes for a lot of um queer communities of color that were older just like calling them your best friend, your roommate, roommate um, whatever yeah. else. But, you know, but I love, yeah. I love seeing the pictures. I love seeing the pictures <laughs> to just show people that we've been here. We've always been here. Mm-hmm. I talk about African spirituality a lot, how there literally mm-hmm. are gods that are non-binary. And just, I could go on and on, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> the next question we have for you is, uh, what's your favorite part about Black Queer History Week? 
I think that my favorite part um, is always a reflection. Um, I always like being able to look back at what we've done as a staff, as a community, and hearing the impacts that it's made on other people, who they've been able to share it with, um, which experience that they've gotten from the, from the event. Um, and yeah, just like writing those notes so that the people who come after kind of know what worked, what didn't, what could be a possibility and just building off of that. So I'm really big on reflection and just sitting in it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like Blackbird History Week is such an important part for um, DCE and mm. definitely reflecting on it is, is great, especially yeah. since Oregon State <laughs> period. Period. Where's my spread? I want to post a picture of me on Instagram. <laughs> I, I, when I found out that Black Queer History Week was something that was started by a sole employee fairly recently, that that blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. Growing up in SoCal, no, like growing up in SoCal in in San Diego and in LA, like the Black community is so central to queer activism in mm. in socal in san diego in particular the black community and the latina community are so central to queer activism that like coming here and seeing a place that up until quite recently the contributions of the black community to queer history and queer activism weren't being acknowledged that mm. was wild for me to learn yeah that culture shock i agree i think oregon is so interesting because like Julian mentioned, like I've lived in Chicago, but I was born and raised in Atlanta. Um, And so I would go to that pride uh, festival, but I would also go to the black pride festival. Mm. And that was when it was like lit lit. And I had, I was young, I had the time of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I go to Chicago and pride is in this town where it's just white. It's very white. And you had to find the section where the black people were, which were far down the street. I exactly. didn't find them until I was leaving. I was no, like, for real. <laughs> exactly. And it's so commercialized, too. Like, they, yeah. uh, I remember that's like always been a huge issue is cops at Pride. Mm-hmm. And then they'll bring in banks. They'll bring in, like, Chase has, like, a float for this parade. And I'm like, dude, like, do you the need point? to be here? Like, where's the community? It doesn't feel exactly at all. It's just very corporate and, and fucking. It like, is. They want to yeah, guided missile systems yeah. for queer people. I, mm-hmm. I definitely think a big part of that is like the grip that um, government and also just companies have on, on Pride as a whole. Um, but we also have to remember, like, the foundations of this. Like, how did even, like, the white queer community start? It came from the black queer community. So it's like, damn, mm-hmm. like, you can never really have your own thing, huh? I mean, it's it's yeah. almost, it's almost like a cliche even at this point to mm-hmm. mention that culture flows upwards from black queer women and, mm-hmm. and black trans women. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it seems almost cliche to acknowledge that. But I think because that that sentiment is, has been worn into us as almost like a slogan. Mm. There are members of the community that have forgotten the meaning of that. No, for like forgotten how truly impactful those, <laughs> Sorry. those contributions are. No, for real. I, people don't know, like you, you, you're saying like, oh, that's a cliche, but like about 90% of Oregon does not they know that. Know. That's true. I, like, I'm a know. transplant. So like, I don't, I don't know. It, yeah. it, it seems like second nature to me. But I also think that's an interesting thing that, like, us as people of color are also experiencing is, like, it's we've talked about, even this, ironically enough, because we talked about this so much, <laughs> like, we think that this is just normal. a normal thing. Yeah, <laughs> we think it's like, yeah, white people know this. Like, yeah, they know that, like, like, like all culture comes from, like, like black and trans uh, uh, people, like, in, in low-income communities. But it's like, yeah. They don't that. they're gonna oh, listen man. to this and be like mind blown exactly <laughs> exactly and that's and I, that's you know <laughs> yeah yeah and so when we like celebrate like like small victories in like the white queer community i'm like but like when is the last time we like recognize where this all came from and it's exactly. never like literally never yeah okay. yeah i um i had the opportunity to speak at the pride festival um 
think we've been see i always get salem and albany confused i'm you know i've been here like four <laughs> years and i, I still get so confused but i remember talking at it um and just looking out in the crowd and just i remember saying my acknowledgments to the people who came before me to the creators of pride festivals why it is imperative that we go back to that i remember highlighting the feelings of going to the just the protests and hearing the names being um that were just you know always announced and never hearing the black queer names i myself Mm -hmm. had to scream out tc you know Mm -hmm. i myself had to scream out um mcdade like i was the one who was saying these names like please don't forget us like don't forget us type of thing yeah um yeah okay so to our next question uh when you're no longer a part of DCE anymore, what advice can you give to soul folks in the future to keep on this tradition? I'm going to follow that by, um, do you want it to stay a tradition? Black Queen mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm all about innovation and things getting bigger and better and taking it to the next level. Um, so this can stay a soul thing. Or, you know, we could hold the university accountable and have them put in work and see what true diversity and culture the university could come up with without student workers. Mm, that like is that my one. interest. <laughs> yeah. That's, I want to see what they got. Show no, me what you made of. Yeah. Let me see what you got, you know? No, so, like something more than something more than a student wide email yeah. that they mm-hmm. send out. Yeah. I want to see like a parade in downtown or something like that. I just want to see like it focusing us and like, like if if the businesses want to be involved, they can fund it. But to get exactly in it and like sponsorship, all they can do is just like stand out front of their storefront and sell their stuff there. I don't know if I want necessarily like a a new morning bakery float in this fucking thing. (laughs) Right. Um, No, right. Like. Like a McDonald's float that goes down. Like I don't, I don't want that down, That's down. Gross. Like Jefferson. No, I don't no. want that shit. Crazy but, um... that you mentioned that because that was kind of a vision that I remember having the first year. I was like, I want us to have a pride parade. Like that was For a real? crucial part of me growing up was being able yeah. to go to them at that age. And I was like, it can go down Monroe. They can shut the street down. Yeah. Like yeah. so that could be something. It's you know, <laughs> gonna take some planning. But mm-hmm. whoever comes after. I'm coming back for that. I yeah. would like to see it. You better come back. You better come back. I always, always. I'm going to be the alum that comes back. Truthfully, yeah. that's something that excites me as well as being able to reach back to where I come from. So I think that when I'm no longer a part of DCE, I just want those folks in Seoul to just, I, I, I hate to sound like so old, but honestly, just keep on keeping on. Like, people are going to try to come in and meddle with your vision or tell you that you can't do something or that this event is impossible to do in this timing that Mm -hmm. you have or whatever. But just do and put on what you want to do for your community at the time. It doesn't have to reflect what I've done because that's just the need that I saw in my time. The Mm -hmm. needs to be completely different by the time that you're here. And so just keep on innovating and just keep on changing and just keep on disrupting the system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Thank you for that. Um, and if you ever do come back for a pride parade, we will compensate you for coming back to bump up Poor Valley. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, and our last question we have for you is, what do you hope people take away from Black Queer History Week? Um, I just really hope that, first of all, I just would hope that people could just acknowledge how just what it takes behind the scenes to kind of put these events on and put this energy into it i mean me and julian we were chatting like you know we're we're busy people we are busy people but we know the importance of doing this and once again it takes a whole village it takes a whole team to kind of put this together so just to be able to acknowledge that i want people to be able to take away what they feel like they need from it. Like whatever knowledge, whatever quote that someone said, just taking what resonates with them Mm. and then shooting that out into the world. You know, I think that we're all sponges. And so just taking whatever they need and continuing growth from it is something that I would really 
hope that people do when they come out to our events. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, do you guys have any other questions? Or? Um, well, I guess that depends on whether or not Destiny has time to stick around for... I'm going to stick around. I'm going to stick around the whole time. Right. Okay. Y'all yeah. have me feeling See, better. Yeah. Okay, that, cool. That's the thing. Like, I, I would love to get your input on queer culture in Oregon because you've already mm-hmm. talked about being growing up in Chicago and in Atlanta and how different the culture is there. Uh, yeah. Julian, you were born in Jersey, grew up in Chicago, right? Yeah. I born. I was born and raised in San Diego. Kai, you're, you're from Washington. Seattle, right? Yeah. And so we're all coming to Oregon with with a different perspective on on what the queer community is like and how it does or does not incorporate the black community. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about about your experience as a transplant coming from from a place Ooh. that blackness. Yeah, I mean, my college experience has been super, super interesting. I would say that my freshman year, I was able to find the community, uh, Jai Shree and Arrow, and they were my my queer community of color that I had. Um, mm. And it just like, it helped me so much get to where I am now and be able to put myself out there. Um, but uh, it's just, it's so difficult because I haven't had to be around the amount of white, queer, um, radical people mm. that, uh, I don't know, because like a, like we've discussed, in Atlanta and Georgia, I was able to just be in my Black community and find other Black queer kids and be okay with that. But it was just so much harder out there, and there's just so much um, that is able to be understood and some things that, like, you know... What's ex- I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it, but it was just it was harder to feel at home. Yeah. But I appreciated at the same time having those people coming from different backgrounds and different cultures to be able to explain to me because at the same time we do have that shared experience of being queer, but there's anti-blackness deeply rooted in about everything, and so having to have those conversations and teaching people to how to unlearn things was draining at times. Um, right. I think that dating was hard. I'm still single and I'm a bad bitch, but you know what? There's <laughs> nobody, there's nobody out here. It's, yeah, it's like, Oregon. It's Oregon. Yeah. There's nobody out here. Um, and I remember getting on Tinder for the first time mm. and just like swipe, 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 yeah. swipe. And then I was like, you know what? Let me try, you know, dating a white woman. Like, let's see what it's talking about. Let, let, yeah. Let's just see, okay. right? Because I, I don't just shoot anything down. So I did it horrible. It was, it was, yeah. Actually, yeah. It was diabolical. It was oh. actually diabolical. <laughs> I was talking oh, to this, no. this girl, and um, she comes over same mm. day we met. I was on that oh. shit. She comes over same okay. day that we met. We're chilling, though. We get in oh. the car. Now, mind you, everybody knows that I make music. I rap, right? Yeah. So yeah, we're in the car, and she's playing, like, you know, 90s hip-hop music. Michael, yeah. just playing Biggie, Lil' Cam, all of that. And she's like, oh, do you know her? Like, do you know who this is? I'm like, yeah. Uh (laughs) I told you I rap. Yeah, what kind of question? Like, what question is this? So that's already, what do we call, uh, red flags. My my ears are already raised. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. Then we, um, the next morning, um, she asks me, she goes, have you ever had, like, dreads? before bro i go i've had faux locks before but no i've never locked my hair yeah she goes oh i used to have dreads to my butt oh no (laughs) now y'all know i was sick i was sick i was sick i was like no no No, that is a i don't know if you've seen it like prior to coming to oregon but that is like a distinctly west coast slash oregon so eugene so oregon i despise it i hate the grinch fingers yeah, no, so and then shows me a picture. <laughs> the Grinch fingers, it's I'm dead. So gross. Like one of shows my... me a picture of them. I'm like, oh no, no, no. Oh, so I'm like, you, you know, you gotta go. Yeah, hey, we're done, right? And it was just like small microaggressions like that. Yeah, the yeah. like whole time, 
And I immediately ended it. And I told them like, hey, the next time that you're interacting with the black person, like these are things that triggered me. Like, do not let that happen again. Right. And they're like, well, I have black friends Come and they on. have never said anything like this to me. Like, you know, it was like tender sucks, white woman's yeah. tears. The yeah. white woman's yeah. tears came immediately. Not for oh real. Oh my God. And That's that was just terrible. like awful. That was awful. And then I tried another time and it, you know, you know. But at the end of the day, right? <laughs> but that that quite literally could be a lot of people's experiences moving to a predominantly white state and trying to date or just have friends in general. Like for a long time, I was like, damn, is it me? Like, what's going on? Why, why am I not having the same um, attraction and just like attention that I would get in any other state where there's people? And it's just because I was not the standard of beauty in this state. Yeah. As a black non-binary person that has lived experiences as a woman, and so I identified with that, I was not the, I just wasn't. It was mm-hmm. even worse when I was interested in men. But even in queer dating, it's hard. And, and you know, we all know how Tinder works. Sometimes right. you match yeah. with somebody, y'all talk for a little bit, you never link. Sometimes you match, you never speak. So it was just, it was just that type of thing. Um, and so I think that that is, that ties into one of being college students and being out here to like fuck around and also just being queer in Oregon. Mm-hmm. So that was a big aspect for me. And yeah, I think it was a lot. I've had to teach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And this year I've just been tired of teaching and yeah. I just have not. Like, I just don't yeah. even care to interact yeah. with people who would not understand all of my identity. Yeah, the state is like draining for real. And I think this should be like the year of the Google where like people are hopping on there or at least like the year of the Google. <laughs> no, stop asking Period. black people questions that like you could easily look up for real because like there are other black people that have put like content online to teach you these things. And, and you know your black friends are tired. They're, we're exhausted, bro. I'm like, I'm already like, I got food poisoning from the state just like <laughs> Period. Um, they're done they're done no, for they're finished hired julian do you want to add anything uh i'm not a good example for like tinder because like i oh. have like a relationship of like two years through tinder. <laughs> okay okay we get um, it you're in love we get it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <love that> for you <laughs> okay but like make fun i think destiny's the only one here that is single yeah mm-hmm. true true so, okay, like, but, okay. <laughs> so look 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 I feel when when Destiny was talking about like Tinder with like lesbian Tinder, I totally get that because it's so hard. Because mm-hmm. um, first of all, it is I would say predominantly white. All of Tinder is just swipe, 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 swipe. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> when you do like match with someone, it's like you're so pretty, and then you never talk again. <laughs> literally, like, literally that. It's like you're so pretty. Oh my god. Like oh my god, thanks. Like what's your zodiac sign? And then you never <laughs> talk ever again. That's like how it goes. Most of the time. Yeah. Hinge, Bumble. But my best friend has found their partner off of Tinder, but they're also in Atlanta. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just like that type of difference once again, just in right. state. Well, I found I found my girlfriend on Tinder. Yeah. That was like Period. Of, like, uh... No, me too. Yeah, Tinder <laughs> can be good. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> it can be good, potentially. I think it's I think it's because she asked for my number and we didn't talk through Tinder. Like, oh, we straight, straight, straight to the point. Straight to the point. I love that. Yeah. And then um, the next question we have is, are there safe spaces for Black queer folks in, I guess, that also like ties in with Oregon or even like OSU, yeah. if anything? I will shout out, um, there's an organization that is specifically for Black non-binary folks. And I think it's called Black Beyond Binary. Pretty sure it's what it's called. Oh. Um, one of my past friends, uh, Denasia, was one of the leaders of it basically and i've been blessed with like housing assistance just being in community like they're an amazing organization and they're mm-hmm. doing great work yeah um and so that is a safe space that like i encourage people to oh okay so it's called two black for binaries pdx that's mm. their instagram um i don't it's it has some difficult spell. it's like a number two and then black then a number four binaries pdx so that's their instagram they're amazing shout out amazing collective (laughs) so yeah they they're a great space and i'm sure that there are more but honestly my community 
is still my friends that I still talk to today and I'm able to FaceTime them and right. tell them what I've just gone through. It's like, girl, that's fucked up. We got to get you out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah. kind of, I just have my family, my chosen yeah. family that I'm still able to communicate with. But yeah, that's what I'll say. And I'm trying to make a community out here. You know, we're trying to make Black History Week a safe space as well in mm-hmm. the Pride Center and so and we're going to continue in the Black Culture Center. Mm. All over campus. I want the whole campus to feel like a safe space for everyone. Yeah. So I'll say that. I do know as far as like the safe space um, mentality, I read like a little zine on it, but it was like, um, like can safe spaces ever truly occur um, <laughs> because of like the hierarchy that we have as as like people with history. So like can you have a safe space, even if there is like a white cis male that is there? Um, are there things that is is the even is the presence of like a white cis straight person in a safe space even still considered safe? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll so say it's no. Like, and yeah, yeah, like it's that's what we kind of do with soul is like we we try to like while we we don't like to say like exclusive there are times where we just need to be prioritized um and that's like the and only way fair. to do it yeah like that's like a diss on people it's more like like let us like talk for like an hour and then we'll like go like reconvene with the rest of y'all i think yeah. a huge problem in Oregon is white activists or like white advocates True. um yeah. <laughs> yeah. like you can just to... stop there <laughs> you don't have to keep going yeah um like to like take things so like personally yeah um yeah so like even when soul interacts with the pride center mm-hmm. we've no, i wouldn't say we've had problems we've just had moments where we're like this tension sometimes. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's like it's like you don't need to take it so personal like this is not like this is a whole system right it's not it's entitlement it's entitlement yeah. to space that they feel like they deserve to be in because they have this one connecting identity Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I had this conversation with my best friend because uh, my best friend and their partner, they go on hikes and they're like an outdoors group that is specifically for Black queer people. Mm-hmm. And um, they've had white people like DM and like try to come through, but it's like the whole bio or just what the group is for literally says it's supposed to be a safe space for Black queer people to be out in nature. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like respectfully, how could you read that and understand that this is a space that's not for you right. and still demand to be a part of it anyway exactly. and be upset when you're not included? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think another component of it, at least in my experience with, with white activists in, in Oregon, is like their politics are an aesthetic. They're mm-hmm. like yeah. part of, they're part of their personality, but it's it's a style that they put on. And that carries over into whatever advocacy they may or may not perform for for black communities like Mm -hmm. this this is like a really small example but like i i loaned one of my friends in in an activist circle a white woman um a copy of black power by kwame turi um and every time I went over to her house, it was, like, very proudly, like, cover-faced out, displayed on her bookshelf. Uh. And then when I helped her move out, I saw that she tried to throw it away. Hey, what? yo. Oh, it's, like, wow. it's like, this This is, like, in perf- like a perfect example mm-hmm. of, like, this is politics as aesthetics. That doesn't sound real. You yeah, want people like, to come over and see, like, oh, you yeah. Kwame Turi, yeah. but then it's the fake the book open, and then mm-hmm. as soon as it's no longer convenient, like, uh-huh. straight in the garbage. Yeah, it's super fake commodified. Woke. Yeah, that's horrible. I don't like that at all. That's horrible. Speaking of of Black Power by Kwame Turi, do you have any um, Black queer media or like really good Black media that you would suggest to anybody listening right now? Mm-hmm. I think that, as mentioned before, Check It is a super good one. Who yeah, made, hold on, I'm going to look up Check It. I forgot who yes. directed it, because I want to see. Yes. I'm pretty what, sure it was a laughing. white guy. Oh, damn. Anyway. <laughs> it, was, it was disappointing, but, like, you know. It does know. a good job. I'm going to say, I yeah. it does a really good job. Um, so, directors else? Dana Floor and Toby Oppenheimer, if you want to go watch Check It. Yes. Definitely, I love Check It. I love um, Kiki is another documentary. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very big on documentaries. I love them a lot. So I think that that's best for people. Uh, Happy Birthday, Marsha was also the other that. one we were going to watch for this week. That's That mm-hmm. looks so good. It looks like yes. an A24 movie, actually. But if It is, not, and I love that. I love yeah. that good A24 film. Go watch Happy Birthday, Marsha, for real. Yes, hopefully we'll be able to get screening rights and be able to put that on for y'all eventually. Yeah. Um, shameless plug. Another. We're gonna have some good stuff for it. Um, what are you calling it? I think we're just calling it a book club. We're gonna be yeah. reading some um poetry, some chapters of some books. So, hopefully, I don't know when this is gonna drop, but if it drops before, you should come. If it doesn't, then I hope that you were there. But that's <laughs> yeah, I have um, I have one of the books with us right now. Um, Sister okay. Outsider by Audra Lord, whose birthday was mm-hmm. also I think yesterday. Um, happy birthday, yeah. Audra um and it's basically like a list of essays and speeches i'm not a big book person conceptually however Mm -hmm. this was very easy conceptually (laughs) but this was very very good for me to read Mm -hmm. um and it's also very um to me it was very digestible um it didn't feel like it was getting like exhausting and uh, you could probably sit through the whole thing for like a day and just like get through it very good stuff very, very no, cool. Like a dry anything, text. Right, exactly. Anything by Audrey Lord is true. Good. Yeah, true. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes all of, like, everything for me is not just based in academia and books and stuff like that. Like, sometimes I just be on TikTok and just no, listening to people talk about their experiences. And I just yeah. be like, damn, same. And everybody in the comments is like, same, same, same. This is my experience, right? And yeah. so we have these people who, even if they don't have the platform, they should still be listened to and you should still be able to learn from them. Yeah. So it could be casual just as that too, or people make Twitter threads and, you know, I'm not going to say that you should use that. Like, I don't I know. know. It's like fuck because people are like reliable source, reliable source, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, you know if a person's page is real or fake and if yeah. they end yeah. up lying about it, like the truth comes out anyway, but just believe first and then question later. Yeah. yeah, I think also, like, with Twitter threads, it's, like, nice sometimes to have, like, a personalized version of, like, educating people. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Like, so I'm I'm doing research right now on the mechanisms of academic segregation in American schools. Um, and so that necessitates that I read a lot of scholarship about the Black community and Black education, Black academia. Um, necessi- necessitates that I read a lot of work by Black written and talked about this uh, but one thing that has been really difficult is convincing uh, certain members of my research panel to recognize the importance of oral histories and recognize mm-hmm. the importance of folks memoirs and lived experiences because yeah it's important that we have this this structural historical you know hard academic sociological background on what we're talking about especially for, for my work that is specifically research, but I think academ- academia has a tendency to discount the, the value of, of lived experience. And I, I, think, I think in particular, it honestly has a tendency to discount the, the lived experience of Black folks mm-hmm. uh, more than other communities. And I've been really grateful um, for my, my research chair. Shout out Dr. Robert Thompson in Ethnic Studies. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, shout out Dr. Thompson uh, because he's been a huge advocate for the importance of these lived experiences by Black educators, Black students, and Black families um, that have experienced firsthand the mechanisms that I'm doing research on. Mm. I do have some TikTok recs for... Um... Uh, for the audience uh, so oh. if you do have tiktok um, listen here um, nina simone has a tiktok if you want to just start with that i fucking love nina simone i have like one of her albums on my wall um another one is it's moena um i-t-s-m-a-w-e-n-a uh i have ayana dot ife a-y-a-n-n-a dot i-f-i-f-e um, I have Paris of the Dark, Paris of the Dark, just regular spelling, no numbers, no anything like that. Uh, Raquel Willis, uh, the R-A-Q-U-E-L underscore W-I-L-L-I-S. I have your typical Taurus, U-R-T-Y. 
P I C A L T A U R U S 444. Nice. I have to spell everybody that. <laughs> and then I also have TikTok's Fave Blurred. Uh, T I TikTok F A V B L E R D. Um, those are just a couple, and those are people I follow too. So you know they're good people. Um, I have I have a book recommendation actually. Yeah. Um, it's YA because most good queer books are YA. True. Yeah, true. Um, but it's called Honey Girl, and it's by Morgan Rogers. Um, it's really good and it's super cute, mm-hmm. and it's about lesbians. So, hey, go lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think with one of our last uh, main parts of our segment is kind of a question. It's kind of stupid, but it's fun. It's fun. Okay. I put it on there because it, it seems fun. So uh, Destiny, our question for you is what's the gayest thing you did today? What is the gayest thing that I've done today? <laughs> um, I guess chatting with y'all, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that is the gayest thing that I've been able to do today. I've been like not feeling the best and chilling all day but this has brought me a lot of energy and yeah I feel good I think the gayest thing I did today was I looked at a farm so I put on like flannel my Tim's and um some like nice jeans and then I just like it's like a BIPOC farm shout out Gar um Mm. basically we it's like multicultural we have like everybody from different parts of the world um, that live in Corvallis. And we, what we do is um, we grow culturally important fruits and vegetables um, whenever we can. We're right now looking for a plot, which is what I was doing literally right before this. Uh, so that was probably the gayest thing I did. You know, we love seeing stability within uh, uh, people of color and also queer people of color. I like the how the flannel and Tim's thing was so straight that it was gay. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's because it's on me, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What about you, Alex? What's the gayest um, thing you did? Jeez, the gayest thing I did was somehow the gayest thing I managed to do was still with my wife, uh, which was just like an embodiment of our relationship. Yeah. Um, het passing queer relationships are very interesting. Um, but I think the gayest thing I did today was have an hour-long spirited, like, fiery debate with my wife about the state of modern pop music. <laughs> That's pretty gay. That's pretty gay. I think that the gayest thing recorded. I... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you guys can podcast. make a podcast. A podcast of just arguing, us <laughs> arguing about pop music? Yeah. You can put that on OnlyFans. I would pay good money for that. I think the gayest thing I did today was change my outfit like a billion times because I was like, do I want to be comfortable during the podcast? Like, no one's going to see me. Or do I, like, want to, like, look cute? But Interesting decision. They can see how cute you (laughs) look. There you go. I feel like there's a different aura because you're not wearing overalls. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm wearing a jersey instead, so. Okay. Totally. Um... So yeah, for Black Queer History Week, uh, we do have some events. So I don't know, this is not going to make it on time. But if you somehow remember going to these events and you are caught up um, on the 21st, yeah, 21st, which is tomorrow for us, um, on a Monday, we have a Cooking uh, Cooking for the Soul event that is from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Basically, I'm going to be making a bunch of Jamaican dishes, and we're going to be just talking about the state of uh, queer politics within where we're from. Kind of informal type thing. Uh, just something to do. That's going to be recorded. Oh, hopefully it's going oh. to be recorded. I'll, yeah, I want to see about recording that. Actually, that might be that's a good idea. You should stream it to Facebook again. If yeah, I, it's, we, we just have the Zoom event planned, but we could throw that on the Facebook. We could throw the recording on the Facebook. Um, yeah, the Zoom link goes, I'll, I'll teach you how to do it. I'll yeah, that'd be useful. I think that could be really cool for people to see. Um, but that, yeah, six. Uh, the, also on our Instagram, on the Soul and I think Pride Instagram, we do have the links for those, the Zoom links for those. Um, and it's also in our link tree, to my knowledge. Uh, and then Tuesday, we have our Books for the Mind event. That is also a Soul BCC uh, collaboration event where we are going to be reading. We, we already talked about this, about the um, uh, authors that are Black, queer, and queer. And we're also reading some poetry that day. That's going to be from 1 to 2 p.m. Nice. Um, and we were planning on getting, like, a movie event, but then, like, there was, like, a movie rights issue. So, like, hopefully if we can, like, do that in, like, next year or even, like, near future, that'd be very cool for us to do. 
Um, and then besides <laughs> events, yeah, my birthday is the 28th Woo! of February. Um, you have the same birthday as my wife. Oh my god, we I should feel, celebrate together. I feel like, yeah, we, we gotta go get presents. Can't, get, can't, can't drink. So. Cake. 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 I can cake. eat cake. Okay. Um, my cash app is uh, dollar sign Julian the bum J U L I A N T H E bum B U M. Destiny, yeah, do you want to plug your cash app? Oh sure. Well, I, you know what? I will give y'all my Venmo. Um, yeah, my Venmo. I'm pretty sure it's an ID, but let me just triple check. It's actually Lord X D. It's um just Lord and then the letter X and then D E E. Excellent. And then I also have my <clears throat> Venmo as well. Um. At J U L I N dash C L A R K E dash six. Um, I'm in like a picture, like kind of jumping like they do at the end of movies, um, kind of like Breakfast Club type situation. <laughs> Disney Channel freeze frame. Yeah, freeze frame. Yeah. It looks like that. That's my profile picture. Nice. Um, but if you want to send us any money for either my birthday or Black Queer History Week or Black History Month, um, that would be much appreciated. Operations. Um, no, for real though, I'm running a little low on funds. Um, and then I just wanted to plug Damn Chic. So the winter issue is coming out on February 22nd. I'm super excited. Um, mm-hmm. I have a story on there uh, talking about... Actually, I'm not going to say. Actually, I will say. So my uh, spread is about uh, pop punk and the 90s and 2000s connected to the Asian American experience. And then, um, yeah, someone does. here is a model from Damn Chic. Yes, it could be Agnes, anybody. Uh, in print, <laughs> in print, it's amazing. The photos look amazing. And grab yourself a copy on February 22nd. So, yeah, oh, absolutely. I'm gonna pick that up. Um, um, I will also plug more. I forgot to add this on here because it completely slipped my mind. Um, but I'll plug an event, um, Tuesday and Thursday of this week, um, uh, at 6 p.m. Uh, if you have the capacity and are not attending a Black Queer History Week event, um, College of Education is hosting panels on um, BIPOC activism in secondary education. Um, so on Tuesday, we were watching a documentary um, about Black and Latina students organizing against uh, school resource officers in Oakland. Um, and then on Thursday, we are having a two hour long roundtable discussion um, about BIPOC activism in uh, public education. Period. I guess I put stuff in there. Yeah, yeah sorry. I'll plug something in really quick. So yeah. yeah, like I said, I rap. Um, so ironically enough, my latest single that I just dropped was "Welcome In." It's a vulnerable song, but it is a song about me coming into my sexuality. Um, I'm on all streaming platforms. My name is Naughty D. N O U G H T I E. Double to E. That's me. <laughs> we we did say stream naughty D on here. <laughs> Thank you guys. Always supporting. Stream naughty D. But yeah, so make sure to follow our OSU um, Center Instagram. So for Soul, it's at S O L underscore Q T P O C underscore OSU, and then for the BCC. Um, it's at Oregon State BCC. My Instagram, me Julian, uh, at one underscore J underscore underscore one underscore. <laughs> I'm so that's that's so weird, but it was for a safety concern we had a couple months ago, okay. and I just needed to do it that way. Fair. I think I'll change it when the damn chic thing comes out, but it, for now it's that. Fair. <laughs> Valid. Fair. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at retro.bone. Uh, common spelling on both of those. I had to recently change my social medias to not include my legal name yeah. because uh, I am very regularly <laughs> tweeting about activism. Uh, and I do not want school districts doing a name search on me while I'm yeah. teaching yeah. Uh, to find my, my Twitter. Yeah, probably a good idea. <laughs> Um, you can follow me at Kai Kai Kailia. That's K A I K A I K A I L E A. And then um, Destiny, do you want to plug yours? Yeah, same as the Venmo, y'all. Lord XD. Yay. 
You're also <laughs> lucky. You got your handles, and they like sound legit. Yours sounds like a like a jingle for like a commercial. <laughs> Yours is just rad as hell, and Destiny's also just got everything like on lock. And my, I had to change my shit. It was my name yeah, before, but like, school. oh my <laughs> god, bro, what? Yeah, that's that's why I won't change. I refuse to change it. Maybe I should just change it to my Snapchat name. Maybe that's all. Mm. Julian the bum is my that's my Cash App and my Snapchat. Um, so maybe I'll just change it to to that. Yeah. Um, thank you so much, Destiny, for talking about Black Queer History Week and uh, giving us time to hear your thoughts. And uh, you're so amazing. Keep doing what you're doing. I love you. So, <laughs> so I need to come to the center. You do. You do. Um, and yeah, don't forget to stream Naughty D. They just put out a new song. It's amazing. Uh, and yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time for Cutie BIPOC Talks, uh, Soul LGBTQ Plus Multicultural Support Network podcast. Uh, season three, episode three should be coming before the end of winter term. So be on the lookout on all platforms. <laughs>